Welcome to another edition of Organic Matters. Thanks for tuning in. As those of you who have listened to me for years know, I'm very much pro-green energy. I'm very much for solar power. I'm very much for wind power. I like geothermal where it's available. But there is a problem that does need to be solved, and we're on our way to do it, but we haven't talked enough about it. I guess that question is... What do we do when the sun stops shining and the wind stops blowing for some time? Well, what we're going to have to do is learn how to store the energy. While it's true if money was no object, we actually do have the technology to store it. But right now, what we need to do is do what we've just recently, in the last decade or so, done with both solar power and to some degree even wind power. And that's lower the cost, so it's reasonable. The the current goal is to drive down the cost of long-duration storage by about 90% below the cost of today's particular batteries that we're using. And we'd like to do that by the year 2025 or at the latest by the year 2030. If you've kept up with what's going on in solar power in the last 8 or 10 years, and I'm going to guess a lot of folks that have been listening to my show have done that, The cost per kilowatts dropped about 90%. You can now get a pretty reasonable solar system at what is truly affordable many times. It'll actually save your money once you get it on board. My oldest brother actually has an all-solar home. Took him about seven or eight years to break even. Now he charges his car. He has an electric car and his home and gets a little check in the mail. Mm 20 or 30 bucks, not much, but he actually is selling back more electricity than he's making from the roof of his home and his garage. So it's come down a lot. That's what we're looking for now for long-term storage. There are already available from a couple of lithium-ion battery companies units that are relatively simple. Four by six feet, four by eight feet. They go on the wall in your garage or somewhere. And they will hold power for three, three, four days, depending on how much your, what, what your total uh, output is that you really need. A lot to do with whether it's summer and air conditioning or winter and heat pumps. It can go way longer if you really want to be efficient with it. But those are available, and they're available at very reasonable prices. But... The long-term outlook is for us to have whole cities with actually a system there that can back them up for two, three, four days in case of catastrophes. There is a city in Australia that, that has power enough to run itself for four days if all wind, all sun, and everything went out. Now, it was an experimental system, I think, partially funded by Elon Musk to try it, but it works. It's long-term working. Now what we need to do is take a system like that but make it so that it is much more reasonable. There's one way to do that, and that's make it by volume, just like we've learned to do solar panels. And and then we can run whole towns, whole cities, or at least whole parts of cities. Let's say you're in a a suburban of... 1,500 homes. That would have its own power system, its own power storage setup that would allow that area to be there. Now, if you do that all around, they could even kind of, well, this part of the country or this part of the city doesn't need it as much. We can just move it over here. 
But we've still, it's expensive right now to do that on a, on a mass scale. But we're going to do it. And we're going to do it, we hope, by the year 2025, certainly by the year 2030. It's a matter of getting it online and getting it available. And yes, initially, the changeover is going to be expensive. The energy companies are not going to like it. Right now, they are so ingrained with the way they give us power that they get paid for that that some of the companies, although less all the time, are actually sort of making an effort not to let that happen. But it's got to happen. We have got to at some point get off of dirty fossil fuels, get out of the coal business, get out of the fracking business. No, it's not going to happen overnight. I don't expect all of us to be on solar and and wind power and geothermal tomorrow. But just like when we I always use this because it's so corny. Just like we converted from horses and buggies with buggy whips to cars, it was, there was actually people that said that would never happen. Cars were sort of a novelty and, and you know, the horse and buggy was going to be the way to go. Folks, fossil fuel is a horse and buggy. It's We've got to get off that buggy. It, it's not going to happen in one year. It's not even going to happen in five years. But my kids or my kids' kids are going to have an entire different energy system than you and I have ever known. There is sort of a name for this movement, believe it or not. Officially, it's called Energy Earthshots Initiative, which aims to accelerate the deployment of technologies to fight climate change. The program is an acknowledgement that the United States has not yet fully developed all of the technologies it needs to meet the goal of zeroing out the nation's planet warming emissions. We hope by the year 2035, but certainly by the year 2050. I won't be here to see it, but believe me, we need to do it for our children. If we want to get to net zero emissions, we not only need to deploy solutions that are already proven. We have those going, for instance, solar power and definitely wind. But we also have to figure out how to take clean energy technologies that have been demonstrated already in a laboratory and scale them up to being useful, at least nationally, if not worldwide. That's a real sense of urgency that we have to address sooner than later. The the time is coming. We keep putting it off, depending on politics or whatever. Uh, We we need to go ahead and uh, get a grip on it, folks. We've put it off as long as we can. And here I think I should mention another possible energy source that we're really getting a grip on, folks. We're learning a lot more about a source called hydrogen fuels which could really help curb emissions from factories, trucks, um, or even the electric grid. It's actually come further than I even realized. We're now learning a lot uh, about the efficiency of using hydrogen, which basically there's all we'll ever need. I mean, once if we can learn to use hydrogen as efficiently as we have solar and or wind, that sort of is a um, cover everything as sort of a backup. Is coming. It may be a little longer than I'll ever get to see. But right now, for a somewhat shorter term, we're counting on increasingly cheap solar and wind power to meet a goal of the United States getting 100% of its electricity from power plants that do not emit carbon dioxide as soon as the year 2035. 
Congress is currently working right now to enact a clean electricity standard that will require utilities nationwide to meet that target by the year, again, 2035. At this moment, the electricity sector is responsible for about 25%, a quarter of the greenhouse gas emissions in the whole United States with roughly 60% of that electricity still generated, unfortunately, by burning fossil fuels of one kind or the other. Fortunately, we have cleaned up some because mostly natural gas right now, and coal is fastly going into the background, but right now natural gas is by all means, if if we're using fossil fuel, the cleanest system we are aware of at this time. In my estimation, one thing we've got to do is start curbing electrical emissions, and that'll be part of whatever will become the new central electric, central energy plan, and also trying to convince fellow Americans to buy more electric cars, replace their air conditioning systems when they can with heat pumps, which are more efficient, and eventually, you know, plug it into the grid and eventually the maybe either get on solar power or certainly what we're going to have to do to clean up the power sector will just really, really get more into wind turbines, solar power. We do have a fair system of hydropower in this country, the hydropower dams. There's still a few nuclear reactors left. I have mixed emotions. If we could really find out how to solve the nuclear waste problem, I'm not anti-nuclear. It is a very clean energy once the It's on board, but right now it's very expensive. And where are we going to put that stuff? We're having a rough time with that. I mean, we've had them around long enough now that it has become a part of the problem. Another possibility that really needs to be looked at is the development of new types of carbon-free power plants that can run at all hours. Again, such as advanced nuclear, if we can find out what the heck to do with the waste. And a biggie in certain parts of the country that we have little... Huge so far, but there's a lot of potential there. It's called geothermal, and it's a constant source for the foreseeable future once we tap into it. As I mentioned earlier, we do have the technology to use long-duration storage, so it is another potentially useful option. Dozens of companies right now are experimenting with various devices that could store electricity for days, weeks, or maybe even months. The problem is, as usual with new technology right now, uh, it is more expensive to do that than use natural gas. So it's not going to come online till we can make it. So as one of my old sayings goes, for everything, good or bad, at least in our country, follow the dollar. The biggest obstacle right now is that there's no policy in the whole country requiring utilities to build long-duration storage. It's easier and cheaper to simply keep burning, well, if at best, at least, natural gas. Let's please at least get out of the coal and the fracking business. But natural gas is, the, is a step through. We still have got to get beyond that to what I call true clean energy. But that's going to take a decade, two decades. The problem with, with us and I mean our country, and I'm, I'm part of it. We look two years or four years or six years down the road to the next person that's going to get voted in. Nobody wants to stick their neck out and say, hey, we need to do a 20-year plan and a 30-year plan because it's not going to do them any good. And I'm telling you, if 
follow the money and follow the politics and you're going to find out where you're going to end up. We need to have some real thinkers up in the political arena and we are just not tuned in enough to vote those people in because what we need to do is not a two or a four or a six year fix. It's further down the road than that. Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. Remember, you can find me on all the podcasts now. Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart. <laughs> the point being is you can also get me very easily by writing me at all lowercase natureapproved yahoo.com. Natureapproved at yahoo.com. Or go to my own website. I own my own website. Two names on it. Either Organic Matters, all lowercase one word, organicmatters.info. And if you want to do it really simply, it's Bruce.Dooley, D-E-U-L-E-Y, Bruce.Dooley, all lowercase, dot 